0: Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. It is Sunday, May 28th, 2023. Joining me today is Deb. Hi, Deb. Hi, Doug. We're going to talk about Serpo again, part five. I told you this would take 44 shots.
1: This is a it's lot coming of through.
0: <laughs> People have been listening. Thank you for those. And there's Max. Hi, Max. Um, you get to actually see Max mm. and we put the camera on because we always have requests to see Max. So... <laughs> We're so going to we... do Serpo. We've got even uh, the even rec- replica provided by Mufon Matt. Uh, I think his wife actually um, was tired to look at this thing, so now you get to see it.
1: Thanks. <laughs> I thought he brought it to his show and tell. I didn't know it's going to live here.
0: <laughs> he, he's going to leave it. <laughs> what if we
1: have? A, is it a thirteen-year journey?
0: <laughs> it's a thirteen-year journey. <laughs> so this uh, this week, I sent in for uh, with for Project Serpo. I sent an FOI Freedom of Information Act, FOIA request to the Defense Intelligence Agency, asking, and I'll I'll read my request, I respectfully request uh, any documentation or photographs you have regarding Project Crystal Knight, which is the Serpo project, specifically the 1965 project which commenced at White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico. This may also be known as Project Serpo. The project was an exchange program which sent 12 U.S. military personnel to a planet in the Zeta Reticuli star system. And um, I sent it, and it was sent at about 6.40 Eastern, and um, at 7.40 the following morning, which means they worked on it. I'm sure they were closed. I don't think they work all night on these things, I'm guessing. You don't know. I don't know. I'm guessing they don't. And these things usually take weeks, even sometimes months, but specifically days, they would get an answer. But um, greetings, Mr. Anthony, at 7.40 the next morning. Um, this letter confirms receipt of your FOIA uh, request for the uh, Defense Intelligence Agency and uh, serves as a final response. <laughs> the records you seek do not pertain to any current DIA mission, Function or task, and we are unaware of any DIA records responsive to your request. If you have specific information that ties your requested records um, to the uh, directly to the DIA, please submit a new FOIA request along with that specific information. So it's not them, but as we read along, that's what's been stated. It's a DIA thing, so. Um, anyway, for those that I'm just going to do a short. I'm not going to recap every week. Again, this is number five. Um, don't put my thing on the counter. Um, as, but we'll do a little recap. I don't. You know, you listen to episodes and other podcasts, and sometimes they talk about the entire. They take half the podcast yeah. recapping what they did the last time. I, I'm not a fan of that, and I'm not going to. But I'll just kind of read after a survivor was found at the site of a crashed UFO uh, in New Mexico was allowed to contact his crash site crashed UFO in New Mexico an EBE was allowed to contact its species extraterrestrial biological entity that that that's that's what this is Oh, but that isn't that yeah. that, that that's actually a blow up uh yeah. that's if that's, real, that's not real yeah okay <laughs> Uh, the program was launched with the Exchange of Ambassadors. Um, eventually, 12 people were sent for 13 years to Serpo. That's 65 to 78. While uh, three Ebans, um, one state on the Earth, the name of the Exchange Program allegedly was Project Crystal Knight. It ran from 54 to 78. That's interesting. I thought it was 65 to 70. They must have started. Oh, they started the contact in 54. A first attempt to exchange ambassadors failed in 64. A second attempt in 65 was successful and lasted until 78. So we're here at the um, Studio B if you don't if you watch all the time. I'm sure there's a lot of people that do. Before
1: before Doug this was a game room. This
0: used to be a game room. There used to be a pool table there. And I got rid of that and a pinball machine and I got rid of that. And everybody's going to say you're not very fun. We'll just we're just not very fun and
1: now it's full of
0: now it's full of stuff, full of things like, you know, fossils and things. So, anyway, we're going to roll right into it. See if I, you know, um, well, Deb, you can kick it off.
1: Okay, since we don't know where Steven Spielberg obtained his information, we don't know how accurate it was. Yeah, it's funny. Can we talked to Steve.
0: We didn't. We
1: didn't talk to Steve. But about I am this. watching
0: the uh, making of. Um, Close Encounters. encounters. So it's kind of interesting.
1: But it was distinctly possible that night had fallen by the time the alien craft had landed. And presumably, the planning committee was prepared for that contingency with appropriate lighting as in the movie. Well, you should bring lights.
0: (laughs) We are not told what happened to the first craft. More than likely, it also flew to the correct location. The greetings group... uh, Consisted of 16 senior government and military officials. Anonymous does not give uh, the identities of these people. Most probably the President Johnson was not among them.
1: Oh, he didn't show up?
0: You no, know, even though he was in charge of the space agency.
1: The 12 team members waited in a bus nearby. 45 tons of supplies and equipment stood ready to load onto the alien ship. Why do you have to bring so much crap?
0: It's got a- 10 Well, it was supposed to be 10 years. It ended up to be 13 because they, I would say, they quote unquote lost track of time because they can convert our time measurements to theirs. So they lost three years, which is weird, but I guess.
1: 45 tons of crap. Um, yeah, you got
0: it. So anyway, you have to have stuff. You have to. You have know, and ammunition and guns and things.
1: A canopy was in place connecting the landing point with the waiting officials.
0: A can. So- Uh, contingent of evens disembarked the craft and walked under the canopy. Movie cameras and tape recorders were rolling. The even official presented us with uh, some technology gifts. Anonymous says, and we'll just state the anonymous is the person that was sending emails in and then these were converted and then there's also uh, serpo.org the website, which there's a lot more information on this and we're taking um, the project circle book and kind of breaking it down, but that's where this comes from. Um, anonymous says the events had a crude translator device. It appeared to be some sort of microphone with a readout screen. Um, the senior U S official was given one of the devices and the Eben kept the other one.
1: The official spoke into the device and the screen showed a printed form of the voice message, both in Eben and in English. It was crude and hard to understand everything that was said. Direct translation was also provided by one of the aliens who was designated as EBE two. See, at least they numbered these correctly. This was a female. <laughs>
0: that makes sense. It's the second one
1: who spoke decent English. Wow. She later became an invaluable research uh, resource on Serpo.
0: Yeah, I'm reading up about. I'm pretty far ahead of this in the book, and it's really interesting. Ebe 2 presented us with the Yellow Book. Uh, This was a remarkable and generous gift to the people of Earth, and clearly demonstrated the aliens' wish to become our galactic friends. And the book is kind of a—it's—it's like a 3D. It's not like pages of written. It's 3D, and you know, actually see things.
1: About the Yellow Book, Anonymous says it's not exactly a book. Yeah, it seems. Okay, it's is a block of material approximately two and a half inches thick and transparent in nature and appearance. The reader looks at the transparent surface and suddenly words and pictures appear. a TV. Uh, yeah. It is an endless series of historical stories and photographs of our universe, the even planet and their former home world and other interesting stories about the universe.
0: Yeah. It's just like Netflix, you know, you can't share it. Yeah. Um, it also contains a historical story and various accounts about earth's history and distant past. I am one of the very few people who has actually seen the bo- Yellow Book. And this wow. is, um, as has been commented by others, it would take a lifetime to read it and another lifetime to understand it. The Yellow Book also describes the even involvement with the evolution of human civilizations on Earth. Evidently, as we learn later, there were some controversial claims made in regard and caused some recipients of the information to doubt the veracity of the material which brought up the possibility that these claims were intended to accomplish a hidden diplomatic agenda. On this subject, Anonymous says, uh, if one reads the Yellow Book and reads Between the Lines, Wood would come away with the thought and clear impression that the Ebans had something to do with Jesus Christ, or possibly Jesus was one of them. Oh, that'd be crazy.
1: Sorry, the neighborhood dogs are losing their minds. Um, you do not hear them?
0: Yeah, I heard them. I'm trying to move this. <laughs> Okay, go ahead.
1: If you look at some events that are shown in the yellow book, remember there are no dates shown in the yellow book. You can connect some incidents, such as Fatima, with an Eben landing. What's learned, that? What's Fatima? I it's a Our Lady of Fatima.
0: Okay. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, my Catholic school was a long more, time ago. You're more familiar with religion than I am. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, we later learned it was EBE2 who had translated the book into English. Wasn't she a helpful little EBE?
0: She is. She's awesome. The Evans yeah. informed us at the, uh, at the time that they had uh, reconsidered the timing of the exchange program and wished to reschedule it for a later date. Um, they preferred to only retrieve the bodies of their dead uh, compatriots and um, on this trip and return to Earth in July 6th of 1965 to accomplish the exchange of personnel
1: oh so this is just a visit
0: yeah uh, yeah and after we all after we packed you know how that works we are
1: packed
0: yeah uh, you know how it is you know you're ready for a trip you're on the road you're getting ready to fly out and And somebody calls you and tells you that they're not ready
1: don't come turn around there's cursing when that happens this posed an enormous yeah logistical Then later problem on they us. call you
0: and they want you to come down you say no because of that and then they get mad okay we're not going to catch this
1: whole thing now. <laughs> back to back to serpo this posed an enormous logistical problem for us since all the equipment and supplies would now have to be warehoused somewhere and we would have to keep the team motivated And in a highly, oh, secure facility for another year, all (laughs) the poor people. Oh my God. There Uh, were
0: also possible political ramifications that could change our willingness to continue with the program if the Johnson administration decided to cancel it.
1: The aliens took the bodies of the nine ebens who had died in the two Roswell crashes, as well as the body of EBE-1 on board. We had performed, oh, autopsies on some of the bodies, Yay. The remains had been kept at Los Alamos Laboratories in a special state-of-the-art cryogenic facility. Oh, this doesn't sound good. This lasted. The visit lasted about four hours. The film and audio recordings of the entire event have been stored in a vault at Bowling Air Force Base in Washington D.C.
0: Yeah, how fun is that? Later on, they, I'll give you a, the one of our people died on their on the way, mm. and uh, they. They mutilated. They they did this very similar thing to him, and we got mad. We would. <laughs> it's we, like you don't remember that we just did wasn't the same thing. Me that did that though. The times. <laughs> I didn't mean to, you. It was, you. But I mean, the,
1: you know, this is this is our friend. This is important. That's, yeah.
0: You know. Yeah. That was just some. Yeah. Okay. So the time selected for the return visit was July sixteenth, nineteen sixty-five. It was agreed at this time, the landing location would be the northern section of the Nevada test site. Uh, about this choice, Anonymous says, planners did not wish to keep the same location for fear that something might leak. Once again, the extreme concern, security concern became evident. So they actually they actually left at Area 51, at Nevada test site, I believe is Area 51. So they didn't. So maybe I gave the wrong information to the DIA so they said that's not that oh so you we don't have anything change there your, change your request. so now I got to change the request yeah. to uh, area food Nevada go. test site
1: there you go the team members were returned to their lockup at Fort Leavenworth for about one month then they were sent back to Camp Perry to hone their original training and to learn some new skills new this gave them all but especially the linguists, a chance to improve their ability to understand and speak the even language.
0: The linguists were now able to achieve a passable fluency with the high-pitched sing-song speech, Ugh. though you probably wouldn't like it.
1: i do not <laughs> in there.
0: But the, but the other team members struggled with the bizarre language.
1: As before at Camp Peary, the 12 team members remained isolated in their own little community within the larger CIA training facility, and did not communicate with anyone other than their trainers.
0: This period coincided with the first year of the Vietnam War, in which the CIA Special Operations Group played an important role, so the camp must have been a very busy place.
1: I guess so. While
0: the team was there.
1: In April of 65, they were sent back to jail again jail, at Fort quote, Leavenworth in quotes. to wait out their <laughs> final, yeah, final three months. Come on, how miserable for these yeah. people. By this time, they must have begun to feel like real prisoners and probably wondered... What strange political concerns could have justified such harsh treatment? It is
0: likely that the team morale must have then reached an all-time low, yeah, I would think so
1: there it although goes. the
0: mounting excitement and anticipation of the rapidly approaching departure date probably helped to offset their their depression.
1: I doubt it. I mean, just you know, you've been shuffled around for so long, yeah. Uh, the two even shuttles returned right on schedule on July 16, 1965. This time they landed at the northern section of the Nevada test site as planned. The diplomatic niceties haven't been attended to in their previous visit. This was strictly a working meeting. Yeah, let me know chat.
0: We did. Yeah, we already did that other stuff now. The 12 team members waited in a bus as before and the military vans were poised to unload their massive cargo which uh, was 90,500 pounds of supplies, equipment, and vehicles. I think there's an actual lo- there's an actual list in the book of everything they took.
1: Wow. Well, you have to they have took, a list. They took, like, motorcycles
0: and Jeeps. and I, Do they have gas there? I don't know how those things run. If you don't have
1: a list, you'll forget some.
0: Hopefully, they they brought some gasoline. I think we can safely assume that there, was, there uh, had been extensive communications between los alamos and serpo in the uh, intervening year to refine the arrangements but anonymous makes no reference to this the team boarded the even shuttle craft and the cargo was loaded by military personnel onto one of the craft the
1: massive size of the ship can be a- uh, um no, 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 no. Uh, can, I, can i read the rest of my thing sorry <laughs> shut you out
0: the massive <laughs> size of the ship
1: can be appreciated. Well, we learned that the entire cargo fit into the single level of the three-level craft. Exclamation point. The lone Eben ambassador disembarked from the shuttle and was taken away in a military vehicle. He was then sent to the alien facility at Los Alamos Laboratories. How
0: fun. I don't think he had it as good as what, the, how we... You don't think? Uh, no. Doubt He's it.
1: all alone. That's sad.
0: He has a handler, but we'll talk about that Yeah, later. But no,
1: None of his people.
0: Understandably... Um, The team had no intention of allowing the rigid protocols of the planners to infect their ranks by referring to each other robotically by three-digit numbers.
1: Yo, 207.
0: The quick, 199. They quickly (laughs) adopted suitable nicknames for each other but never used their real names. They did, however, use the number names for more formal and written communication.
1: Oh, here we go. The team commander, an Air Force Colonel, became Skipper. Yeah, everybody wants. yeah. The two doctors were Doc 1 and Doc 2. The pilots were Sky King and Flash <laughs> Gordon. I'm sorry, not Flash. Did you
0: watch Sky King when you were no, younger? No. I think there's a dog involved. I'm not
1: sure. Anonymous doesn't supply the other nicknames.
0: A comment sent to the Serpo website in March 2006 points out an interesting reference that adds authenticity to the Serpo story. He reminds us that in the golden days of radio, Mm -hmm. Sky King, I don't think I listened to it on the radio either, was a very popular kids series along with The Lone Ranger, The Green Hornet and many others. Sky King ran on the radio from 46 to 54 and then a TV version was produced and shown from 51 to 59. Well, I wouldn't have seen it unless it was reruns, I suppose.
1: The the TV show reruns were telecast on Saturday afternoons up until 1966. So the show was still on television when the team departed in July of 1965. The comment contributor says, most people today have either never heard of Sky King or have long forgotten about him.
0: I've heard of it. I don't don't think I've seen it though. However, it wouldn't be surprising that a young pilot in 1965 would have adopted the nickname Sky King, a pilot who was about 35 when the mission departed. Who would have been an impressionable impressionable teenager in the fifties and probably watched the TV show. Is this
1: the one with the mannequins?
0: That is no. a,
1: that's isn't that I, Sky no, King? I don't with think the little so. people the little No, mannequin.
0: that's uh, Fireball XL5. No, there's another one
1: there.
0: But it was you're talking about the one I don't know if that Fireball XL five with the five.
1: little puppets?
0: Yeah, I mean there was a couple of those. I thought shows.
1: that was Sky King.
0: No, that was Davy and Goliath. No,
1: there was no there was a pilot. Gumby and Pokey no. i read this was no i saw this god because remember because then south park i think it 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 had a
0: picture and it it was there was was a picture of it in the book and it was like it was real people
1: yeah we're we're looking this up when this is okay we'll check it out there's going to be some research done (laughs) that's a very
0: important part of this
1: (laughs) yes if he was 40, he probably lay on the living room carpet like millions of other kids that of that era glued to the radio when Sky King came over the airwaves. Could that young boy ever in his wildest dreams have imagined they would one day be among the first Earthlings to depart the Earth to travel to a distant star system?
0: Yeah, the team commander kept a diary from the first moment of the mission. Anonymous supplied the following account of the, uh, of the first day from the diary. Here for posterity is the skipper's exact entry for those first scary moments of the historic mission. Anonymous doesn't explain the acronyms, but um, we can be quite certain that M refers to mission, in each case an MTC, which the MTC and MVC mission training coordinator and mission MVC mission voyage coordinator. You're going to see those throughout. So that's what these mean when you see them. Uh, who we find out later does not speak English, the Mission Voyage Coordinator, very well and travels with the team. Consequently, he must have been an even.
1: Day one. We are ready. Hard to think we finally made it. Team is motivated and calm. Final briefing by MTC and MTB. Cargo packed in the EBE craft. Might have some problems with guns. We'll be talking to the MVC 899, the security officer, and 203, assistant team commander, will have overall charge of weapons. No sync system, or we don't know about them.
0: Yeah, they only took, for each um, pistol, I don't know how many they brought, but for each pistol, I imagine one for each person, they only brought 100 rounds, and they had rifles or a couple hundred rounds. They didn't bring very much ammo. weighs a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, Everything moving smoothly, 707 the doctors will give each member a final check before boarding. Uh, we loaded everything and it fits. It fits. But we have to transfer all of it to a bigger ship once we get to the rendezvous point. Really excited about this. No reservations by anyone.
1: MTC asked all members to make final decision. The team all said go. We go. Interior of EBE craft is big. There are three levels. This is different than the one we trained on. I think that was a scout craft. This one is a shuttle craft.
0: We stored the cargo in the lower level. We will sit in the center level and the crew will sit in the upper level. Strange looking walls. They seem to be dimensional. There are are three stations. Four of us will sit in each station. No seats, just benches we wouldn't fit in uh, those small crew seats. I hope they have seat belts. I mean, you should wear your seat belt. You
1: should. The MVC says we don't need anything special. No O2, no helmets. Don't know what to do with them. Okay, final checks. MTC gave us final words. One prayer said, oh, one prayer said. Well, he there
0: that's what he actually wrote. They'll One praise. Yeah, said, they'll talk about that. Anyway.
1: Okay. We board the EBE craft, 475, which is linguist number two, is really nervous. 700, that would be a doctor, we'll watch him. The hatch is closed. No windows, we can't see out. Oh, you'd love Uh, that.
0: No, I wouldn't love that. Everyone is seated in their respective seats on the bench. No retention harnesses. Okay, well, well, a bar across. Okay, it's like a ride, it's got a bar.
1: We're at a a theme park now. (laughs)
0: The craft is a starting engine, or what they call energy thrusters. Seems like we are moving, but nothing is happening inside. Still able to write this. Really dizzy now. 102 sitting next to me, and he is faint. Something feels really funny. Have to rewrite this because I can't think straight.
1: Ooh, must be a good ride. When the commander says, we loaded everything and it fits, it may be the actual loading was done by an Air Force ground crew, since it doesn't seem appropriate that this highly trained team would be expected to perform such arduous labor, that is loading 90,500 pounds of equipment and supplies. Wow. Although judging from the way they've been treated thus far, it wouldn't necessarily be out of the question. Yeah. He you know, sit in jail for a while. He'd be glad to move supplies. <laughs> in fact, that may be very well what happens since a ground crew would have to have had a very high security clearances. So they're going to have to transfer this to another ship. They, yeah. So they're going to be loading stuff at some point in time.
0: Uh, yeah, well, I think the evens do it once they get to the other ship. Well,
1: that's nice of them.
0: Um, the statement one pray said, uh, was probably meant to be one prayer said, and would seem to accord with the chapel scene in Close Encounters where the clergyman delivers a final pl- prayer to the team and refers to them as pilgrims. Yeah, at the end of, we'll have to watch that. At the end, they have the... These guys loading onto the air to yeah, I think the ship.
1: I think the last time I saw this was at the theater.
0: Really? Yeah. So it'd be like new to you.
1: Yeah, probably. Since the commander says still able to write this, it appears that at this stage his diary was handwritten. Although we learned later that the diaries of all the other team members were recorded on cassette tape. Eventually, the commander also reverted to voice recording. You know, his pencil wore down. After 13 yeah. years,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably did send pistols. In the 11th and 12th emails, anonymous sent a verbatim description of the entire trip, written by the team commander in his diary. So we have all the details of the team experience from the start of the journey until they landed on Serpo. We probably won't be stating every word of everything, but please no. We'll have a good. Nobody wants to read that. 44 chapters, 44 installments. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Interspersed with author commentary, we present a first hand account of this amazing voyage of 40 light years or 400 trillion kilometers, which will be 240 trillion miles, through interstellar space. It lasted only 10 months. That means they traveled at about 40 times the speed of light. It would be impossible to achieve that velocity with any known means of propulsion. No matter how exotic. I'm
0: glad that they did the conversion from kilometers to miles. Well, yeah, so I don't we, have to get my calculator this, out because I can't. Did you have to, have to do the metric system when you were in high in, school?
1: Yeah, in high school, about my freshman, sophomore year, they tried to teach us the metric system. And okay. I mean tried. How, how did you do? I don't care.
0: Yeah, it's it was kind of weird because we, we had in front of the school it was a long street and it actually marked where the kilometer was from the main boulevard so that you could see you know it's weird. it was weird i don't know i had a, I had a little trouble with it Well,
1: remember know. we were supposed to convert
0: yeah that's why they said you're going to be using this yeah, it's they, like, well, like they
1: tried that with us too but that was at saint francis and you tell these you know catholic girls that they have to learn this they just <laughs> no. no it's not happening we're, I think somebody in that school probably decided it wasn't going to happen. And I had that's... a
0: very mean teacher, too, about it. Wow. He just didn't know. I said, I just don't get it. And it should be easy. Well, we won't go into it. Anyway, the only explanation for this is time travel. As we know from the work of Albert Einstein and Hermann Minkowski, time is the fourth dimension of space. So we must now speak of the space-time continuum. The time dimension is sometimes referred to as the time domain.
1: The evens have obviously developed the technology to travel in the time domain. Apparently, there are portals to this domain at known points in the cosmos. These are now called wormholes. Travel through a traversable wormhole is really traveled through time and is faster than the speed of light. I'm learning so much. Yeah. However, it takes time and precise stellar navigation to go to and from the wormholes, and this accounts for 10 months.
0: See, I just there's really a hidden agenda for me here to teach you about all this... Had
1: a a head for a wormhole. Hang a left.
0: (laughs) Well, it just takes you. You kind of—it's kind of like a ride. (laughs) The team commander. Well, you've seen Stargate, right? Yeah. The team commander is evidently speaking of travel through the wormhole when he says in his diary, "We all feel better once the craft gets out of the time wave, as he calls it, referring to an alien. I don't know. It was dark, but we could uh, make out the wavy lines." Uh, Some sort of distortion in time. We must be moving faster than light speed, but we can't see anything out the window.
1: It is very interesting that the commander was able to contemplate the possibility of traveling faster than light speed at that time. In 1965, we're all not as aware of that, since scientifically it was considered impossible based on the Einsteinian determination.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how this works with, I mean, the theory is that you... Go to this planet. You spent 13 years there. You come back, and people have aged and are, are dead. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time you get back, because they it, you know, you have a real short time period.
1: So these people, because of
0: this travel yeah. and they. But I don't know how it really how it equates to here. Um, now it's not unusual for sci-fi authors and scientists to speak of super. Luminal Speed, for, and we're not going to go to for more information, <laughs> nah. you know. Um, but there were questions sent to the website.
1: Um, day one, entry number two. We made it to the rendezvous craft. We don't know where we are, but it seemed like we all fainted or were really confused during this trip. According to my wristwatch, it took about six hours, or maybe more. Is there a dog down there?
0: I was wondering if he was here.
1: We left at 1325 and it's now 1939, not sure what day. We flew into the big ship. We are standing in a bay or something. There are many EBEs helping us.
0: Um, they seem to understand we are uh, we are confused. The cargo was offloaded um, in one big move. The platform containing the cargo was moved without unloading the individual cargo.
1: Just floated it over there?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. The ship looks like the inside of a really big building. The ceiling is about a hundred feet high in this area of the ship. So this thing's gigantic. Yeah. So they probably use anti-gravity, something to do that.
1: We are being moved into another part of the ship. We moved to another room or area. What a big ship. I just can't describe how big this is. It took us about 15 minutes to walk to our area. Seems like it is something special for us. The chairs are bigger, but there are only 10 of them. Okay, I guess 203 and myself will sit in a different location above these seats. We are moved by some sort of elevator, but I can't understand how it worked."
0: Well, that's probably typical. If you're even in an elevator, you sometimes don't know how it works even here.
1: I don't really care. <laughs> I just want to know that it I just hurts. know that
0: I get up there and I don't have to use the stairs. Everyone is hungry. We have our backpacks containing some sea rats. Sea rats. Oh, these those are awesome. Yeah. They used to have cigarettes back, even when I. Uh, this is how I'm kind of dating myself, but the, the sea rations they would have. Uh, Please don't smoke. No, like a space. four pack of cigarettes in there. That's
1: funny. funny.
0: Um, sea rats, and I guess we eat now, but uh, must ask the MVC. I can't find him, and we can't communicate with the two EBEs here. They're just like. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: If you're hungry, eat. Don't ask me your problem. I have no problem.
0: They seem to be real nice. 420. 420. <laughs> 420, the linguist, will try to use his language skills. Almost funny. Sounds like a screaming match. We just use sign language indicating we want to eat.
1: Well, ah. every American knows. If people don't speak English, you just have to talk louder. And they will eventually right. understand you for what you're saying. That's right. One of the EBE brought us a container with something in it. Doesn't look good, but I think it's their food. Looks like mush or oatmeal. Huh, back mm. at Leavenworth eating
0: their <laughs> grits.
1: 8 will taste it. Oh, sure. Uh, you eat
0: it. My, his real name is Mikey.
1: Eight ninety nine <laughs> says, it tastes like paper. Oh, good. When's the last time you ate paper? Uh. Think we will all stick to sea rats. MVC finally showed up. Told us we will begin trips soon. Two miss, two missiles. Two missiles
0: means minutes.
1: Think he means minutes, but don't really know. Uh, maybe it wasn't such a good idea to eat before leaving. Yeah. Especially while well, you did, you ate paper. You should be fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we don't feel any weightlessness, and we and we don't feel dizzy, but we don't know what to expect from this point on. They are indicating we must sit in the chairs. Sit in
1: your chair. So they
0: have some chairs.
1: Yeah, we said they have. Ten chairs, 12 people. Um, mm. The second entry by the team commander on day one describes the arrival at the rendezvous cap craft, which I'll now refer to as the mothership. That's Joe Rogan's new comedy. Oh,
0: his new Hello. comedy store? Yeah, that's what he Comedy club?
1: Yeah. And the beginning of the actual star voyage. Mothership and his appropriate designation since we learned later that it carried multiple smaller
0: ships. We learn uh, from this that the Ebens have obviously developed a type of anti-gravity technology that allows them to cancel out the weight of massive objects so that they can be easily pushed into another position. There is no other explanation for how they were able to offload 45 tons of equipment from the shuttlecraft to the mothership so quickly and effortlessly.
1: The diary tells us this was done in one big move without taking the individual items off the platform. So that means the platform itself was moved. Yeah, I get that. It's surprising that the team commander didn't marvel at that. But he kind of did. A platform holding yeah. three Jeeps, 10 motorcycles, six tractors, eight power generations, and much more had to be very large.
0: Yeah, and they, all these things take gas. So did they bring gas with them? I
1: know, you're stuck on the whole fuel thing, they, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I'm hung up on that because <laughs> you got to the other planet. It's like, okay, how do you run these things? And, you're eventually going to run out. Well, Unless they convert them to their. Hopefully, other they had
1: dinosaurs on their planet. <laughs> so they have fossil fuels.
0: Yeah. We learned in the previous chapter, in the first entry for day one in the Team Commander's diary, that the cargo was loaded onto the even shuttlecraft by the team itself or by a ground crew. In that entry, the TC said, okay, we loaded everything and it fits. But we have to transfer all of it to the bigger ship once we get to the rendezvous point.
1: We stored the cargo in lower levels, so it appears the team loaded all the supplies, equipment, and vehicles directly onto a single movable platform within the first level of the Eben shuttlecraft.
0: Yeah, because it was all placed on one platform, the Evens would be able to just move the loaded platform onto the mothership. So, however, they did that. Um, these entries in the skipper's diary settle. Once and for all the speculation about how the pyramids of Egypt, Stonehenge, and all the other massive ancient megalithic archaeological sites were built. If the Ebens have this weightless technology, we have, can reasonably assume that it is commonly used throughout the galaxy and that the ancient astronauts knew all about it.
1: So they're saying the Ebens built the pyramids?
0: Yeah, the Evens or the technology was there, some extraterrestrial influence.
1: Well, that's what Maggie wants to talk to you about. But
0: yeah, Maggie will be joining us at some point. She's got. Um, she's
1: got all kinds of. Maybe we'll do
0: the three of us, and then she can take the chair. Take the uh, she... cow chair.
1: <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> she's not going to sit back there. The big question now is: Was the secret shared with us? If so, that means we have probably had this capability since 1965. It absolutely boggles the mind to realize that this could mean our earthly industries if this technology was given to them, it'd be much easier to move your furniture.
0: Well, there's that, and then there's, you know, allegedly coming up in June, I talked to you about this, there's gonna be, Stephen Greer was uh, speaking, and he said that there's gonna be a big meeting and everything is gonna be, well, everything won't be explained, but one of the highlights of the meeting was that he was talking about will be discussed that if there was a U-8 UFO, U-8 flying saucer that crashed into a mountain, and they it's so big that they couldn't move it so they just buried it and that this guy that's going to speak is going to say where it is and there's going to be more stories just like that awesome. um Dougway proving grounds and you know they're supposed to be you know he also discusses someone's going to talk about how there's 1300 square miles under Dougway of um you know of a facility underground facility and that there's odd things going on down there so I don't know I can't wait I think mm-hmm. we should just watch YouTube the whole weekend what do you think yeah. yeah, certainly we could do away with cranes, skyscrapers could be built in about half the time the building materials could be uh, floated up to each floor in minutes, we could conceiv- conceivably have floating towns and cities vehicles would no longer need roadways and could zip along above the streets oh, The um,
1: no danger you, there
0: yeah <laughs> Well, they, part of the problem is the, what, what Greer is saying that there is on whole, and this is something that people that talk, that discuss like me and, you know, move on, they talk about that. There's this, our government, and then there's, there's another government above that, that it's separate, that's controlling all that. And that they don't allow our quote unquote government to be privy to what's going on with this technology. You don't believe that the do you?
1: special government i don't know if this information lies buried somewhere in air force vaults then we can begin to appreciate the magnitude of the social technological and industrial revolutions that will occur once these secrets are revealed
0: well you know and i watched a show from i don't know if i talked you? watch this black and white uh movie Um, while I was barbecuing over a couple,
1: thank god we have more than one television in this house.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we have definitely have more than one television. (laughs) So it was about how we were we got in touch with Mars via radio, Uh and then well, it wasn't actually radio, it was like Morse code, Uh and oh, and then they stated that, um, in a nutshell, that they said, How long do you live? and they said, 300 years, and this all of a sudden, all the The economy started to implode because, you know, they were able to, they had all this technology so that, you know, you won't need gas anymore. I mean, this is part of the discussion of why this is a problem letting this kind of technology out is that if you don't need gas, I mean, a lot of this, you know, a lot of our nation is based upon, you know, petroleum. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what would happen to those companies if you didn't need them anymore? You literally wouldn't need them anymore. That's you know,
1: a lot of money not not being exchanged anymore.
0: Yeah, and that's it could and but in this movie the economy just crashed. They went back backwards back into the back into the old times. You know, mm-hmm. and it was just it was weird to think about how they thought about that back then. The team suffered considerable discomfort during the first part of the journey, as described uh, in the team commander's day two entry. Um, I'm not sure just how long we were in the containers. We sat in the chairs and a clear container was placed over us. I would not like it was placed over us and the chair. Um, we were isolated in the bubble or sphere. So you're just sitting in there.
1: Just in your little bubble. We they could, didn't
0: have any tablets to look at or anything.
1: We could, we could breathe okay and could see out, but we really felt dizzy and confused. I think I fell asleep or fainted. I think this is another day, but my watch says one hour since we sat, but I think it's the next day. Our time instruments are located in our backpacks, which are stored in another area of this room. We are still in these f- spheres, but it seems.
0: 899 figured out how to get out because he's standing up. Uh-oh. He opened my sphere. We well, better make sure that you're supposed to they be need, out of that thing.
1: They put you in there for a reason. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you wouldn't sit in there either. I could just see you. I don't nah, see Nah I'm not sit I'm not sitting in when here.
1: When's the last time you saw me sit still?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna build one of those. <laughs> yeah. Not sure if we should be out of this thing. Eight ninety nine said an EBE came in and looked at us and left.
1: Stupid people.
0: Other team members sleeping. Eight ninety nine and myself walking around the room. I retrieved the time instruments. Seems like we have been traveling about twenty four hours or so. No windows to see. Um, Originally, we were told it would take about 270 of our days. That's about 10 months, right? Okay, EBE came in and pointed to the chairs. Mm -hmm. I guess it's time to go back and get in them. Get 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 back in your chair. Sit. Back in your chair.
1: The following entry in the team commander's diary has no day associated with it and seems to be another description of day two, since it gives more details of that first travel day on the mothership. But at this point, they are all along in the journey, the commander is so disoriented that he doesn't realize he's already written about this first day of travel and covers much of the same ground. He apparently has no memory of his previous diary entry. Well, he can't go back and read it?
0: I, well, he's just disoriented. He doesn't really realize that he already wrote it. I guess what they're trying to i mean.
1: Flip back a page.
0: <laughs> you don't want to recap. We talked about this in the beginning. <laughs> in this section, we learn that one man is missing. I dreamt of Earth. And this is the commander. I really had some vivid dreams of Colorado, the mountains, the snow, and my family. It was as if I was really there. I had no worries and never thought of my situation inside the foreign spaceship. Then I awoke. I was confused and disoriented. I was in a bowl. Well, it looked like a bowl to me. I don't remember how I got there.
1: Like in a this bowl, doesn't like, sound that fun like at all. Like you're getting marinated or...
0: There's no liquid. <laughs> what, I think you're just laying what, in there. What
1: kind of bowl? My first thought was to my crew. I pushed open the top like of crock the... crockpot. crock pot. You know, <laughs> top, I pushed open the, <laughs> the top of this glass bowl and it opened. I heard a hissing sound. Oh, he's in Tupperware. Oh, no. I heard a hissing no, sound no. coming from the seams or seals. I looked around and saw I was inside a room. Not a room I remember. But all of us were inside these glass bowls. He is
0: a little bit disoriented. All the crew members uh, were asleep. I climbed out and realized my legs were really sore. But I climbed out and went to each glass bowl and checked on the crew. I found only 11 of us. Somebody is missing. But who? I'm so confused. I'm also very thirsty. I can't find any of those water bottles. We had some, but I can't find any. My eyes are really having a problem focusing. You can relate to that. I can, yeah. Uh, but I'm writing this uh, in my log. I have to record everything. I found number. Uh, he is alive. Who is missing?
1: I have to look at each bowl. The room is large. The ceiling looks like a bed mattress. Oh, you're in a padded room. That's not good. Yeah. The walls of this We're room are, are soft. Not very much in this room, except for the bowls and some tubes running from the bowls to the floor. I see lights flashing on the bottom of each bowl. There are bright lights on the ceiling, inside the, ma- inside the mattresses or something. I can't open the bowls. I've tried everything. I must get some help from the Ebens. I found a door, but it won't open. <laughs> you uh, are so you're, Yeah,
0: you guys are in jail again. I can't remember how we opened the other doors. How long have we been in these bowls? I can't seem to remember much. Again, this is the commander in his diary log excuse me is log maybe that traveling in space causes problems with a person's mind they told us this during the training but we never had anyone travel this far in space before we are specimens. are specimens yeah they're in the petri dish of space maybe i should go back into the bowl maybe i awoke too early my wristwatch says it's 1800 hours but what day what month what year how long have i been asleep
1: the floor seems to be soft with wires running in a crisscross pattern. I see some type of television screen in the corner of the room. I think it might monitor the other bowls. I, I can't read anything bowls. on the screen because it is an Eben language. I do make out lines, maybe health monitoring lines on the screen. I hope that means everyone is breathing and is alive, but we are missing one man. Did I forget something? Did someone die? I can't remember. I have some type of rash on my hands. Oh, no. (laughs) A real burning sensation.
0: Uh, We need something for that.
1: Maybe it is radiation from something. (laughs) But where are the radiation monitors we had in our packs? Where are our survival packs? I can't find anything. (laughs) I am returning to the bowl. I am lying down. I will stop making entries in this diary. (laughs) Wow, that was And in the
0: next entry... Since I am not sure of which day it is, I won't state a day as to my entry. I'll just say entry. (laughs) We are all sick, dizzy, and with upset stomachs. Do they all eat their... It's a sea rat. You should have ate their food. They ate
1: that damn paper. Seven hundred
0: and seven fifty. See, they already know what's going to make us sick sick and what isn't. Yeah. Seven hundred and seven fifty four gave us medicine to settle our stomachs. A little Pepto-Bismol. But we, but we really feel bad. We seem unable to focus our eyes and seem to not know which way to turn up or down and don't know the way to sit down. Really bad feeling. Medicine helps a little. We were able to eat a little. 700 754 tell us to eat and drink the water we brought along with uh, what we brought along. We are doing that and feel a little better, but can't concentrate on anything. So I can't write anymore right now. I just can't.
1: Just can't. Feel a little better. EBEs came in and did something to the room. It all seems clear and we are not so confused. They,
0: oh, so you just now did that. They huh? adjusted Weird. the
1: static button on the room. <laughs> turned a knob.
0: They turned the gas down. Here you
1: go. Get some air. They
0: turned the gas down that they were giving them to make them sleep. Yeah, we,
1: <laughs> You know, they're much better when they're asleep. It all seems clear and we are not so confused and dizzy. We ate again and drink more water, feeling a lot better. We are out of sphere, but must stay in them at certain times. These people, the EBEs just don't want to deal with you. No, just get to the
0: planet so we don't have to mess around with these people anymore.
1: EBE showed us a series of lights above the entry panel, green, red, and white lights. If the light is red, we must sit in the sphere. If the light is white, we are okay he never explained the green
0: light. <laughs> he didn't ask, so what does that one mean? What about
1: the green? Maybe that isn't good. So they
0: like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> we have no idea what day it is, only that it is 2319. Our day recorder isn't working very well, according to 633. That would be science number one. He thinks we have been going for 10 days, but not really sure.
0: We've been confined to this room for the entire time i think this room was made for us and we are safe in this room maybe it wouldn't be wise to leave it no weightlessness don't know how they do it yeah well the evens wander in and out so Mm -hmm. you know i'd be like you know we can't can you get us out of this room
1: no stay in your room
0: but we do feel a little lightheaded when we walk the gas is still working Mm -hmm. seems room is pressurized our ears are popping a lot we have to sit in this room for 270 <laughs> days. We will really be bored. You you wouldn't like that at all, would you?
1: I'd be jogging the perimeter.
0: <laughs> we can't really do much. All our equipment is packed away. We have our backpacks, but they only contain a few items. Hopefully a toothbrush and toothpaste. Mm-hmm. We want to clean up but can't find a bathroom except the containers we are using to relieve ourselves. Oh. Uh-huh. There are oh. small metal containers that are emptied by the EBE every now and then. Ew. EBE brings us our food, and uh, their food brings us food, which is their food. We we tried it and it tastes like paper, just like they said. Really, no taste, but maybe it's something um, special for space travel. Seven hundred is eating it. He seems okay, but is it's upsetting his bowels?
1: Oh, great! That's what you what you need in space.
0: Their water is milky looking, but. Tastes like apples. Strange.
1: (laughs) Wow. All right. It's been a long time since I've made an entry. We are guessing we have been on the ship for 25 days, but we might be off by five days. We were locked into our sphere for a long period of time. We had to leave in order to relieve ourselves and finally were able to open the sphere. But when we did, we all got sick, really dizzy, dizzy, confused, and some couldn't walk. We had trouble urinating and moving our bowels. Seven hundred and seventy fifty four who ate the E.B. food didn't seem to be as sick as us.
0: See, they should have eaten the food. Eat the paper. They treated us with medicine. E.B. came in and pointed a bluish light on our heads. We felt better, much better after this. But pointing to the chairs and we figured we must get back into them. Get your chair. We showed up our waste container. (laughs) Say, you want to empty that, buddy? And pointed to the chairs in a confused manner. Um, He understands and then left the room. Ebe came back with the small containers we could place inside the sphere. He also brought in small jugs of milky liquid and made a motion for us to drink it. Don't get those confused with those containers.
1: Which which container?
0: (laughs) So we went back into the sphere and just sat there with the waste containers and the jug of milky stuff. (laughs) Gross. We drink that and seem to be better except for 518, the biologist who seemed to be sick. But we were cautioned to stay inside the sphere. Oh my God,
1: I'm tired of the sphere. We learned now that the alien craft exited the time domain at approximately the halfway point. The team members now felt much better and were able to move freely about the ship and to explore and ask questions. Apparently, the team members felt sick and dizzy only when traveling through the time domain. This is important information for NASA and for future manned space probes from Earth.
0: Certainly our bioscientists bioscientists will be able to develop some sort of medication to counter this problem. Maybe Mother Sill's seasick pills would do that. I've never heard of that. Have you heard of that? No. Um, Maybe that's his mom. I don't know. The halfway point in the journey still leaves about 20 light years or 200 trillion kilometers to go. How many miles is that? It appears that the Eben's travel through space using a very advanced onboard propulsion. We learn here that they may have been using antimatter technology.
1: There's another entry. I don't have any idea how long we stayed in that sphere this time, but EBE came in and made a motion for us to come out. Get out,
0: get out, get out. Get out now!
1: We were able to move around without being dizzy or sick. EBE even allowed us to leave the room. We walked along a very narrow hallway for a long period of time, maybe 20 minutes. We then got into some sort of elevator, which moved fast because we could feel the motion.
0: We came out into a very large room that contained many Ebens sitting in seats. Maybe this is the control center. Our escort made a motion to go into the room. We could see control panels, which contained many lights. There were four different stations containing six evens each. They were in levels. The top level inside this room contained just one seat the commander that's me i'm i'm over all you guys one mm-hmm. even was sitting in that chair we figured it must be the pilot or commander he seemed busy with an instrument panel
1: there were many television screens but they all showed even language and a series of lines both vertical and horizontal maybe some sort of graph we were able to wander about around without any even bothering us 633 and 661 were really interested in this 633 seemed better. There was one window. We could not see anything. Well, well. it was dark, but we could make out wavy lines. Maybe some sort of distortion in time. We must be moving faster than light speed, but we can't see anything out the window.
0: MVC finally arrived. He explains in broken English that we are halfway to the home planet. Where did all this time go? Because they're like, it was like 10 months. So this has been five months.
1: Yeah, he doesn't write well. I don't.
0: Everything is functioning properly, and we all will feel better once the craft gets out of this time wave, as he calls it. Maybe it isn't actually 10 months. I don't know. That's weird. MVC says we can walk around any part of the ship, but we must stay together. We must be shown how to operate the movement centers. We are thinking he is referring to the elevators. It seems simple, just placing your hand over one of the operating lights, white and red. White moves it, and red stops it.
1: Very good. We hear some type of ringing sound, but MVC says it is only space sounds. What the hell are space sounds? Whatever he means by that. We were able to walk around the ship, but it's so large it's difficult to understand how such a large ship can move so fast. Six thirty-three wants to see the engines. MVC yeah. takes four of Open us. Open the to
0: hood up. <laughs> what do you got under there?
1: MVC takes four of us to the engine room or whatever they wish to call the room. It contains large. Very large metal containers. Oh it's your poop. Um, they're in a circle with the they ends just of each launch
0: that into space.
1: <laughs> <laughs> with the ends of each pointing into the center. Many pipes or some sort of large tubes connects them. In the center of these containers is copper colored coil or something looking like coil. There's a bright light being shined from a point above into the center of the coil. We hear a very dull hum no major loud sound 661 thinks it is a negative matter versus positive matter system kind of sounds like the Did you ever read the Stephen king the Tommyknockers?
0: no no is there do they have positive and negative it's
1: it's a machine type of really? thing that yeah it's it's quite, oh, I didn't know that I mean, no it's well no it's, it's a movie probably we'll i check I, out. I only read the book i not
0: we know that 661 was a scientist. His speculation that perhaps the Evens were using some sort of antimatter propulsion at the time was amazing, since that possibly wasn't entertained then, even in classified scientific ranks, which means back on Earth. This team was well chosen, and all were apparently highly intelligent and forward-thinking. Now we have learned from Robert Lazar, Bob Lazar, who worked on reverse engineering alien craft at Area 51 in the 80s, that the aliens used antimatter reactions to power their craft, utilizing a super heavy substance called element 115, an element not found on Earth.
1: Since Lazar's revelation, scientists at Lawrence Livermore Laboratory, in collaboration with Russian scientists in Dubna Russia, have been able to create element 115 by bombarding other more stable elements and have also now created even heavier atoms element 116 and element 118. All these atoms are very unstable and have short half-lives but are highly radioactive. Element 115 has been assigned the symbol UUP and named Unpentium. All these elements have now been added to the periodic table.
0: All right, it's been about an hour now. Okay. That went quickly.
1: That was fast.
0: So yeah, we'll be continuing. To, we're not quite through the voyage yet, but I think they're just about there. Got to get them there, and we got to get them to the planet. It gets, um, it's it's a really interesting story. I'm glad I can see that people are following along. I can see by the the downloads from each episode. Thank you very much, by the way, everyone. Um, thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook, check us out. Check out our website alienprobe.net has all our uh, episodes on there. Twitter and Instagram at alienprobepod. Like and subscribe to YouTube at alienprobepodcast. You can see our lovely faces yeah. and our new digs. Well, not our new digs, but our yeah. other digs. And uh, see Debbie's smiling, smiling smiling face. I could already get even that out. Can't say
1: that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Deb, for joining me again. Thank you. And uh, we will see you next time.